Now entering Nerdist.com. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel, and it's hosted by Ben Blecker, where he gets a bunch of writers, and he asks them lots of questions, and it's starting now, so this will be the end of the theme. Are there any other good shows on? What's uh, left? Oh, dude, my favorite show is uh, High Maintenance. It's a, it's a, a, it's what a, is it's that? It's a Vimeo show. It's like a web series, and it's all about this um, pot dealer in New York. <laughs> Brilliant. It's, it's kind of like Louie. It's got to you never know quite what the tone's going to be. And like they just set up these um, they set up these like um, people. It's, it's, it's like a new scenario every episode mm-hmm. and it's some tense situation. And then at some point, for some reason, someone orders pot. And then this like, oh, I, bic- think I read about Yeah, this, this bicycle messenger guy shows up yes. and he's he's the co-creator with his wife. Right. who's like this like a professional casting director and and so they get really good people and they just shoot in like people's apartments but it's really well done and then like somehow the pot dealer resolves the situation but you never know quite how he's gonna do it and or he sort of (laughs) is a catalyst for like change you know and it's brilliant oh my god i I just got into nathan for you which i people keep telling me to watch it it it's, it, I love it. <laughs> what, it's a, what is it about? Listen, I'm, I'm here with, uh, uh, what is your name? Mike DiMartino <laughs> and Brian Konetsko. Am I saying that correctly? It's close enough. It's All good. Right. <laughs> um, listen, we'll drop in the correct pronunciation <laughs> later. Like a speak and spell voice. It's exactly. Like Konetsko. Um, thank you guys for being here. Uh, creators of Avatar The Last Airbender and Legends of Korra. Um, but we usually end by talking about what you're watching. But I, <laughs> I decided started. to start. Oh, with did it. we record that? <laughs> so yeah. What did we record that? Great. Yeah. The uh, the pot the pot dealer show is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Nickelodeon. No, I mean yeah. That. For the most part, I've been watching like dramas and stuff. But I just got into Nathan for You, which is cracking me up because it's it's so uncomfortable. But the Nathan, I forget his last name. Like mm-hmm. the host guy, his delivery is so dry, and. The things he gets people to agree to do on a show are incredible. so. The pre- Mike had to explain it to me because even though I'd seen the dumb Starbucks thing, which mm-hmm. if you lived in LA, everybody yes. heard about yeah. that, and then and they were making fun of like, well, that wasn't clever. But I'm sure yeah. in the context of the show, it was. Yeah, I haven't seen that episode yet, but yeah, it's basically. I mean, it does change from time to time, but it's basically like a parody of like. I'm going to come in and help you improve your business. Like, Which isn't clear in the advertising. No, not at all. It's, it's yeah. making fun of the business <laughs> reality shows where they, they oh. come. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like a prank show. I mean, it kind, well, it kind he, of is, but, but he, it's very specific. he sincerely is like, here, like the, the one I just saw was like, he goes to like a, a, like a pet store and they're like, oh, we need more business. He's like, you know, the great place to advertise is at a pet cemetery. So he goes through this whole thing. <laughs> Where he gets he gets a pet fly, takes care of it for a week, and then when it dies naturally, he takes it in to be buried, and he gets this giant tombstone of uh, that says like you know here lies his beloved pet, uh, go shop it whatever the store was, and and these the 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 owners of the stores usually agree to these things. At first, they're like, mm, I don't know. This sounds kind of weird, but okay, I'll try it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. It's not often but, Mike will, like, heartily endorse <laughs> yeah, a comedy. Yeah, yeah. I Comedies, mean, he, I, I don't watch as much, so. Normally, on the days that we're doing retakes, like, we, we get kind of grumpy because it's <laughs> just a really tedious process. And and he's he's just, like, hitting me up on Instant Messenger, like, 
this is the funniest show ever. And then I like come into his office and he's just, he's laughing out loud. I'm like, who is who? Yeah, there's who's a rare, replaced. It's a rare show like, that actually <laughs> makes me fully laugh out loud. Yeah. Well, but, this is anyway. something I kind of wanted to ask you guys yeah. about because uh, again, I've watched Cora and it feels like it's such a. a like there's a great sense of humor to it. Sure. I mean, it's not a comedy show, right? But there's the kind of comedy certainly that I enjoy. I mean, it's all character comedy. It's not jokey. Yeah. Um, and it's actually pretty sophisticated. Uh, well, thank you for ju- for just a cartoon. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, what? Do, how do you guys feel about blending the comedy and the action and the drama and kind of this ongoing story too? I mean, this is you guys are juggling a lot in this show. Yeah, I mean, that's always what we wanted to do was blend the the tonal blend. You know, mm-hmm. I think I definitely don't feel like I'm a comedy writer by any stretch of the imagination. But, uh, you know, we try to come up with characters and situations that can have, you know, inherent humor in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we've just never been afraid of like that you can have a show that mixes action and humor and really dramatic moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we probably gravitate more toward the the epic dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we always try to balance it out with, with some humor. Yeah. I think cowboy bebop was mm-hmm. a big influence for mm-hmm. that. I mean, I think, I think what you're saying, like, wh- like, why did we try to do, this is just what fits us. Like mm-hmm. we just, it feels natural to us, this kind of balance of tones. Um, cause Mike and I aren't like, like, I think if we tried to write like a Cormac McCarthy, like just <laughs> Uber bleak thing, we would be pr- pretty bored yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. And then if we tried to do a pure comedy, just, just you know, for for laughs. Like I, I don't think we. I'm just frankly not that funny. I don't think so. Yeah, and, and it just doesn't appeal to us. Like I like stuff that that has a, a balance of it all. And uh, luckily, very early on, we got the support from the. I guess Eric in the beginning was our EIC, Eric Coleman, mm-hmm. and he was our executive in charge on Avatar. He was the guy. He was actually the head of development. And that's yeah. who we pitched to, and he really championed our our show and yeah he was a guy i mean he was a nick for a long time long time like 16 17 years voices you know like i I feel like he liked to find creators with absolutely that voices that's absolutely why he's this rare great executive he he looks for good people and he's just always like ah the ideals will follow if you get the right people in place and and um so he he very early on told us make the funny parts funnier the sad parts sadder scary (laughs) parts scarier you know And, and it was that was perfect for us because we like um, – we had worked on sitcoms and, and I I remember we worked on Mission Hill, which was a cool show and mm-hmm. we, we knew the, the creators. It was and, also a strange tone. Yeah. It was a very dry yeah, kind yeah. of sitcom. Yeah. And, and, but that was a much more – I mean I always thought when I would kind of step outside of it like, oh, it's kind of an indie comic that's yeah. being animated more than it is like yeah. an animated sitcom. That's true. And um, – but I remember storyboarding. Mike and Mike was a director, and I was his assistant director. And I remember storyboarding the scene of like Jim got the job as the art director at this fancy company, like ad company or something. And like, I just wanted this like epic scene of like him sitting in his swiveled chair in the high rise, and like I wanted him all silhouetted, and like that's just not the type of show it was. And like, and and I don't think we got to animate that episode. No, we not. I don't know, remember that one, but I would that show of, of all that because I directed when you did on, the, the time lapse. Yeah, I directed on Family Guy and King of the Hill, but mm-hmm. Mission Hill probably had the most like freedom as far as exploring a little bit more mm-hmm. like different things. Yeah, For I sure. did this whole like like run Lola run inspired yeah. like time lapse thing awesome. of 
of Andy standing outside the building as he's going in for this job interview, <laughs> which was it was super fun. But it wasn't something that right. was scripted. I don't think it was just like Andy yeah. shows up for work, and I was like, this would be awesome. And it luckily everyone liked it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean that's. Is that unusual to be given that kind of latitude when you're directing an animated show? Definitely Certainly sitcom those, animation. Yeah. yeah, I mean, on Family Guy and King of the Hill, it was rare that any, if you got in a, like a tiny visual gag. <laughs> One super rare. Per episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like, I mean, King of the Hill was such a specific yeah. tone that they, could only be done in that show. Yeah. Like, we've they, talked to Greg Daniels about it. Yeah. They had a binder of rules. Of really? things you, as the artist, you weren't allowed to do. Oh, wow. Like, like what? Th- stuff that they, in their minds, it was, a, it was, re- this show has to be realistic. Mm-hmm. It should be like live action. But they would limit it more than live action does. They would say, <laughs> yeah. you can't have a camera angle from somewhere you could not physically fit a camera. Hmm. But I'm like, but in live action, they would just remove the wall <laughs> or they would like have like a three walled set, set. Yeah. you know? And they would put a camera on the kitchen counter, but the the producers who were, you know, all the writers, just no, no, no. <laughs> and I, eventually, I was like, man, I used to like watching that show, but I hated working on it. Oh no, I, I didn't even feel like an artist on that show. Sure. So but I you're was, just executing. Yeah, I, I just I yeah. wanted to. I mean, I almost quit TV animation after that show. I thought, really? all right, I'm done with LA. I'm going to try to get in, into Pixar or something because <laughs> I was just like. I went to art school. I wanted to be an artist. I don't know what this job is. And was so. that your first TV job? It was my third yeah, one. I I, Mike, Mike got me a job on... That was your first job, though. Uh, King of originally, the yeah. Very first season, I moved to L.A., got a job as a storyboard artist on oh, wow. the first season of uh, King of the Hill. And then mm-hmm. I was... When Family Guy started, a couple years later, I got a job directing. So I mm-hmm. assistant directed assistant directed on King of the Hill and then got a job on... First season of Family Guy directed on there. Kind Mike, of, kind of was, bounced back and he, forth between Family Guy and King of the Hill. I like wow. to, I like to brag for Mike. He was <laughs> 24 years old and he was directing on that's ridiculous Family Guy, <laughs> which was a major network. Yeah. You know, primetime sitcoms. Yeah, but. how I mean, were you were you ready for this? I mean, what had you? St- were you in art school? Yeah, we. As well? Yeah, yeah, we met at Rhode Island School of oh. Design. Um, so I had I had my junior year. I had worked in at MTV Animation on mm-hmm. the head. Yes. I don't know if you remember, remember that head. <laughs> so I learned uh, like the layout part of, of things and kind of got got to see how like a production is run. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, when I got out of out of RISD, I just moved out to LA uh, with some friends and had one contact from my time at MTV who turned out to be the director on King of the Hill that I ended up working for. So that's nuts. Uh, that's great. You just never know that yeah. one connection oh, might pay off. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you know, when we talk to especially like comic book artists but certainly you know people who go to RISD and you know have have a a visual arts uh bent sometimes have trouble with the storytelling aspects of TV. Yeah, uh, and did and you s- find that to be the case? What was the learning curve like for you? Yeah, I mean honestly like cuz I I listen to your podcast and listen <laughs> to different, you know, writers who've slogged through the system and and <laughs> done all this stuff and like <laughs> I mean, you know, my version of that was, like, directing on, on these mm-hmm. shows and stuff, but I'd always wanted to, you know, get into the writing side of things and did more, okay. like, creative writing stuff through college and, and afterwards. But um, really, you know, Avatar was the first time we were writing mm-hmm. scripts, um, yeah. like, on for, for television. Okay. So we were very much learning on the job that side of things. Like, 
we had experience in all the other yeah. sides of production, so we kind of knew for the most part <laughs> what we were doing on on those on that which, sense. But, which yeah. is important to point out. I mean, we yeah. like Mike had been working in anime TV animation for six years. I'd been working for four years by the time we pitched and and got Avatar going. So, and in that time, we had both like worn pretty much every hat you could wear mm-hmm. in TV animation production aside from writing or producing or something like that. So, and if we didn't have that specific job, we worked directly with that department. Right. So we had a, like an awareness and an understanding of it. So, um, so between the two of us, we, we had a lot of the bases covered and it's, you know, it's important to note in the context of this podcast that a lot of our like motivation and inspiration for avatar wasn't just the creative. It was about, running anim- an animation production differently so it wasn't really? just like How so? we have a story to tell and you know we want to do this it was like 50 percent was like we want our own show and we want to make up stories and characters and art and animation and the other half was man we don't like the way these shows are run mm-hmm. and we don't like the way they use the overseas animation studios mm-hmm. we don't think they're using those artists like artists kind of like i felt on yeah. king of the hill um when I, I I worked on Invader Zim, which I should point out was a show where we were given an, an immense sure. amount of creative freedom, and um, sometimes to our own detriment. <laughs> um, but it was such a fun show. It was cool. It was it was that, and that was the first time I got to work where the writers were in the same mm-hmm. area as us. Unlike all yeah. the sitcom shows Mike and I had worked on, they were on another side of town. Yeah, or on the other. They were side run of town. more like traditional live action sitcoms. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and when you're on those shows, the like. The uh, the writers are the are the kings, yeah. and then um, you know, on, in the valley are the, all the like pre production animation people, and they are subordinate. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of the ocean is <sighs> is the overseas animation studio, and they are like way subordinate. And that's just the hierarchy. And I mean, you you, you know, don't get me wrong, you need a hierarchy, um, and and you need people making decisions for this stuff to work, but. Like, I got, for Invader Zim, I got to go over to Korea mm-hmm. and for three weeks by myself and, and to, to help train the the animation crews, like, how to draw Jonan's style. And hmm. and so I got to see firsthand, and, you know, I'd worked on these film Roman shows, and everybody would be like, oh, man, the Koreans, like, they screw everything <laughs> up, and, like, my drawings were perfect, and then they came back, and they looked like crap, and, like, like... They suck, you know, and there was just that prep, this attitude. I mean, I won't say everyone had that, but there was just this kind of like, and it did happen a lot. You know, the stuff would mm-hmm. just come back not great, and everybody would always blame them. But I got the chance to go over and really see how like constricted they were in the in the like they they weren't allowed to actually be animators mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. So, anyways, long story short, we from that experience and just how we had run shows and then our friend chris pranoski who had uh, who had done mtv's uh, downtown mm-hmm. and they did it really differently so we we picked his brain and we had our own ideas so that was a that was half of the, hmm. the motivation and and was and and it 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 it, it paid off like so we we changed the system that's unbelievable and i want to hear i do, I do want to hear about that i mean how do you Empower. It's not really about writing, but <laughs> no, no. I mean, this this is all process. Yeah. But how yeah. do you how do you empower artists while still maintaining you know consistent quality and a consistent everything? Yeah, the the main difference or change we made was that traditionally uh, there's these things called exposure sheets, which which is where the the timer, who's not necessarily an animator, 
just writes down based on the storyboard, like, uh, you know, if someone's moving an arm from here to here, it's mm-hmm. going to take this many frames and they tick it off. And, and it, so it's, that's what Brian's referring to that, like, the, it's very limiting. So if, like, if the animator saw this and said, oh, no, I think it'd be cooler if, I, if the arm moved, like, you know, differently. Right. They didn't really have that chance to to try it out. Um, so we basically got rid of the exposure sheets. We didn't hmm. do those. Um, but what we do is is on Avatar and, and Korra as well is, uh, you know, very detailed storyboards and animatics where we, you know, are basically planning out the entire show, planning out, you know, all the main poses, whether, you know, acting poses or, or action sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's almost like... A very rough animation mm-hmm. um sure. it's, it's very posed out so that's basically the template um the visual template along with all the designs and and mm-hmm. uh things like that so you know it helps us look at the show and make sure everything's working also we have to get it down to the correct time because we can't have them animate right. like 30 minutes for a 22 minute <laughs> show um, but then they are given the freedom to kind of and then yeah within the that yeah like like the same scene lengths are basically set but within that, they're, you know, they're given the freedom to to kind of figure out the best way to execute it. That's really yeah. interesting. And sometimes it's not like I remember on Zim seeing an exposure sheet when I was over in Korea where, you know, it's just so easy when you're a timer to just draw this. You know, here's pose A and then way down on the sheet, pose B, you draw this line and then tick, 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 right. tick, tick. And every one of those ticks is a is a drawing, is a is a pose. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. a frame of animation. And this was for an explosion. And they had just like, oh yeah, you know, draw like like twenty twenty four frames of this crazy complicated explosion. But there's you know you watch anime, you know Japanese animation, and it's like there's ways to be efficient about that stuff because mm-hmm. you don't want to spend all your energy like. If you're an animator and you have 40 scenes and you might be like, all right, I, these are the ones I'm going to put more energy into and then I, I can like cut right. corners on these and it'll be fine and we have tricks for that. Um, or even just as an artist, he or she might say, I really want to like put some extra love into this scene. But in, the, in the, the standard system, there was never room for the artist to inject their own enthusiasm and creativity and within the, you know, within the, the parameters of what the shot needed. Um, so we just did our best to, like you said, empower, empower the artists to, to do that. And, you know, it, it pretty much worked from the get go. I mean, yeah. but the funny thing was because we wanted them to be a, a part of the system that, and that we wanted them to augment the art mm-hmm. so that it, when it came back, it was, it was typically better than what we gave them. And, um, so you didn't have that like, Oh man, we're, our pre-production's great. And right. suck. It was like, wow. <laughs> you know, these, these people are film. better than, than all, you know, like yeah. they're amazing. Not to say they were better than ours, but, but they making were, this stuff even they better. were adding to yeah. it. And, and it's that's a true collaboration. Well, and that, the, yeah. That's what we try to do with our pre-production. Too. The example we always like to give is in the very first season of Avatar, there was a scene where Aang shows up at Kiyoshi Island and, you know, someone who sees him is excited and he faints. That was the story. Just like Timber. Just, uh-huh. just like, <laughs> he faints. Yeah. And then uh, an animator named Gihyun Ryu, who, who is since he's a, one of the supervising producers on uh, Korra, um, but he was an animator at the overseas studio at the time. Um, he he took that scene and like he 
it is now a famous character in the pantheon of, <laughs> of Avatar. It's the foaming mouth guy who's like, he's like freaking out, jumping down. Literally, his mouth is foaming, and then he faints. Yeah. Uh, and all when we got animated, that, like, we were just like, animation. that's. that's I think that was the first moment we were like. Oh, this 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 new system might work. Like we got this <laughs> yeah. crazy thing that was yeah. hilarious right. that, that we never could have. have with your, your wasn't it even? We weren't even thinking of it yeah. that way. So. Yeah, really and that cool. was the fourth episode. And that same oh. artist, um, he did a lot of the key animation for the first two episodes of Avatar. And and yeah, even though a lot of the poses, you know, Dave Filoni's poses were in there. I mean, he <laughs> embellished them and That's really and cool. like made them like feature quality. And yeah, like Mike said, years later. He ended up moving out here, and we we hired him, and he's he was one of our top that's so cool. top uh, art artistic supervisors yeah. on the show. So. Was this, uh, you know, I mean, it seemed like it, it came together pretty fast, and you guys had an idea of how you wanted to run things. But this must have been once the show was sold, a conversation with Nickelodeon. No, we we had these ideas kind of from the get go, and mm-hmm. and um, but it's not how they traditionally do an anime. Yeah, so. we had to kind of pitch them like, here's how we're going to do it, and there was a little questioning of it, but for the most part, um, they mm-hmm. they let us do our thing. It wasn't going to cost Mark Taylor. More. Mark Taylor, who was at Nick for many many years, and um, I had worked with him when I was on Zim, and. He he was just this amazing mentor for Mike and me, and always like we would tell him our crazy idea for how we wanted to do things differently. And he and Eric and and a lot of the other people, like Mike and Wong, our, our producer, um, they would just support us, you know. And I should I should be really clear: we it, our ideas did not always work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the timing thing worked, sure. and that was the most important yeah. one. Um, but we tried to do some other things that. Didn't work, but it's an important – anyone out there who's um, running a show – I mean, first season of anything is hell, pure hell. It could be a little preschool show. It could be, you know, an HBO show, mm-hmm. a live-action show. First season of anything is – it's. I always say it's like you're in, like, the cannonball run. You're in the race, but you're building the car while you're racing. I mean, I've, I've used it many times, but it's the best so way funny. I can describe it, where you're, like, trying to, like, attach yeah. the alternator, and you're moving down the road, <laughs> you know? So, um, but the the main thing, I, like, if I have any advice to give, it's just that if you have an idea, try it. If it's not working, change it. You know, we, Mike and I, are we, we always are, are, like, changing the production as we go, um... Not just to like mess with people, but you know, just because like it's a constant, yeah, fine tuning, yeah, always, yeah, yeah. yeah always. So, what what were stuff. some of these things that you discovered in the first season that didn't work? Uh, I mean, one of the things is is that we tried layout, which is uh, I was used to on like King of the Hill and mainly King of the Hill. We not a new since, idea for American animation, yeah, mm-hmm. like, where where you're taking the storyboards and then doing basically like key poses mm-hmm. on a larger size um so we kind of wanted to do that on our show so we had a little more control over the that thing but we just there weren't that's the reason a lot of the stuff is done overseas it's just like there's not that skill set here anymore Hmm. because it's been done overseas for so long so um it was hard to find the right artist who could execute that style there's no apprenticeship here anymore for that stuff well the at Film Roman, we did, you know, which did like King of the Hill and and Family Guy in the early days mm-hmm. and, and Simpsons. Um, Simpsons and they they do lay out in house, but to the Korean and Japanese 
animators what we call layout, they call key animation. Hmm. So it's really like they're separating arms on different levels and wow. you know, like it's it's much more like kind of key animation. So what we were trying to do was we had learned this like we've been exposed to this more like Korean style of layout, which was um it's easier, it's quicker. Yeah. But it was so hard. To, we got a bunch of people who were kind of experienced in like film Roman style, lay, like mm-hmm. sitcom layout. And it was a hard style, more of an anime influence style, more realistic. And mm-hmm. people had it. We had a hard time finding people who could, who could draw that. And then, um, and then getting them to adapt to this, like, more efficient style of layout. It just didn't work. And the, yeah, the Korean artists were way better at it. So we, and decided, quicker. Yeah, yeah. And quicker. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just worked kind of worked into their workflow a little better so it just made sense to to have them take mm-hmm. on that that part of things sure. so we tried didn't work moved on <laughs> you know and um and it's not i mean people did some good stuff it's, it's not to like disparage all the artists who worked on the show like they oh, they did some good stuff but just as a system yeah you try was, things it wasn't absolutely. working and and i mean that even on Cora, we we would our animatic process our storyboard process we were always changing it season hmm. to season so interesting um, I want to step back a, a minute and talk about um, again the the tone of this show and the scope of this show mm-hmm. and how do you pitch this show? What did that pitch look like? <laughs> you talking uh, about Cora Avatar? Oh, for Avatar, it yeah. was it was because Cora at least you had the template of Avatar yeah. and could say you know yeah there, that was there would different. be no Cora without Avatar that's yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, the pitch was long. It was it was, <laughs> was I always say two and a half hours. I always say no. like yeah. whatever the what. Whatever you're supposed to do in a pitch, we didn't do any of that did you stuff. Give, did you serve a meal in that? <laughs> no. And I talked the entire time. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. What do you do for two and a half hours? I, well, it's a big world, as you, yeah. you, know, as you yeah. might know. And, like, um, Mike and I, we, we've told the story a lot, but, but it, it is a strange story <laughs> in terms of, like, the biz, you know? Like, mm-hmm. this doesn't typically happen. So the first thing was that Eric actually wanted us to pitch Mm -hmm. so that's you know in hollywood a lot of times it's like please sir a moment (laughs) a moment of your time i have an idea you know so it wasn't like that at all it was eric like he's as you you knew about him he looks for people and i had worked with him um most people hated him and me on (laughs) zim but he and i liked each other so uh came out of that and out of the ashes of that show and he was like hey i'd love to you know i'd really like to recruit you to to pitch stuff and mike had not worked at nickelodeon at that mm-hmm. time so he just didn't know eric it, they just sure. they just hadn't met each other but um i said well you know my buddy and i are creative partners and, and we've been wanting to pitch a show together and we had been developing this one project together so um another good bit of advice that i i like to give and i imagine people listening to, to this are looking for like how does this town work yeah, you know or how does sure. this business work is if you can get, and I don't mean a relationship like schmoozing up to them and or whatever, but you know, if, you, if you're familiar enough with a development exec or, you know, a producer at a studio or something, and you want to pitch to them, before you tell them a single idea, sit down with them or, you know, get lunch with them or five minutes and just say, what are you guys looking mm-hmm. for? What? Because it's not just like, like, Come, artists, enter, enter my, you know, comfortable, cozy room and tell me what you want to get off your chest. It's like, hi, I'm an, I'm an executive 
you might think I have power, but I have like <laughs> a board of directors and a CEO and, you know, shareholders behind me. And they have all decided we're going to get into blank. Right. You know, this quarter we are looking for right. this type of we show. We have a hole to fill. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's generally some market thing they're responding to. And in our case, in 2002, it was Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Those were dominating the globe. And they they were like, you know, we're looking for legends and lore. Mm-hmm. And then separately, they were looking for action adventure. We just, we Mike and I ended up combining that together. Sure. Um, so luckily, Eric just gave us some great, before we even pitched, just gave us some like really good tips um, about what they were looking for. So as weird as Nick, as Avatar is for Nickelodeon, it was based on an assignment and it checked boxes for them yeah and so we went i just i just told eric okay we'll come back in a month and we'll pitch and um and he was awesome because he was like he didn't need the slick pitch he's like look don't Mm -hmm. don't make it overwrought don't get too precious with it and if i say no don't walk out of here with your tail between your legs he said you'll never hear this one in in hollywood he (laughs) said keep pitching until we get a show made like that was he wanted to get a show made yeah. with us. It's not that he was like, you know, yeah. you better impress me, kid. You know, <laughs> and and so we, um, I, I just set I set up a pitch meeting before we had a single thing to pitch because no the way. because the idea we had didn't fit. Mm-hmm. It didn't check any boxes that they were was looking it, was for. Was the idea you guys were talking about a variation on Avatar? No, no nothing no. like it totally at all. You were developing yeah. something. Something you would have thought would have been on Nickelodeon. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it still would have been very much us, right, but, but it would have fit their what normal checkboxes. The yeah. Yeah. It was not an epic action adventure. <laughs> no. Legends and lore. What was it? Can show. we talk about it? No. Because <laughs> I still like the idea. Yeah. We never pitched it. Yeah. But That's cool. It was like, I, I can give the generic Hollywood. Yeah. It's this meets this. It was kind of Peanuts meets Foodie Cootie. It was like... Like, which is my favorite favorite anime show, and then favorite like comic strip. That so is it was kind of like that. Um, all right, so you, so you set the pitch for a month from this conversation. And for two weeks, and we had no idea what we were doing. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, and then we just started. We had little pieces here and there. Mm-hmm. What were those? Uh, Brian first had some. That started to... One was a drawing Brian had done of of what became Aang. This yeah, I read kid, about this. kid that with was a, interesting. yeah, a kid with kind of a monk looking kid. Which I should just point out real quick was I had had a drawing I did in the middle of the night on Zim of like a dude uh, who kind of looked like you by the way. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> and, and and Naga. What ended up being Naga, mm-hmm. Korra's polar bear bipedal, but it was like bipedal, and then like a little robot monkey. Anyways, but after I met with Eric, he was like, hey, kid POV, you know, for Nickelodeon, don't, yeah. don't pitch me a show about a tax attorney, you know? And so I just, I really liked that drawing. I just redid it and made this guy a kid. And, Funny. and that, so before we even knew who Aang was, I was drawing him. Yeah, that's neat. And started drawing him with these fanciful creatures. Uh-huh. Yeah, he had a drawing with, with him on these, these flying bison, what became the flying bison, and uh-huh. then... Like I, I was really into like these Shackleton documentaries. And that, that whole story of like I'm always fasc- fascinated with people in frozen landscapes for some reason, uh, and so I was really into that and the whole like imagining like people in the South Pole being trapped and mm-hmm. what that meant, which kind of became Katara and Sokka's yeah. story. Um, and then and then Brian had a revelation during yoga one night that provided more <laughs> more. Uh, 
fuel to the fire, so to speak. It was just I, I connected those two mm-hmm. things, yeah. you know, and I, I was just like this kid I had been drawing for about a week. I was like, oh, or I guess almost two weeks I had been just randomly drawing him attached to no ideas. And uh, I was like, he's an air kid. I had been drawing him like he was like a shepherd. He was in the clouds. He'd just be like standing on a cloud, or he'd be floating on, you know, on these oh these bison. So I, it was just I was just letting the ideas flow. I mm-hmm. wasn't like judging him or anything. And then Mike kept talking about people being trapped in the <laughs> South Pole. And then I was like, Hey, he's an air kid. These South Pole people, ice, water. They could be water people. And the reason they're, you know, and then this this kid POV thing. I was like, mm-hmm. Well, what if it's just kids left there? Um, and they're all their parents are gone at war. It was it was almost like a Lord of the Flies thing. It was like, what if it was just we all we in the right, beginning right. it was like an island of kids. It oh, was wow. just kids, Funny. and then it made sense. It was like elderly people there okay. and stuff. But um, and then it was I was like, oh, and then the the people oppressing them and trapping them there are the fire people, and they're they're like melt. It was this idea like they were like melting the ice. Right. So it was, it was a really vague idea. Not vague, but like yeah. But it you was have these the, pieces. Yeah, of these, and I rushed over to Mike's house it, it, really late at night. This is pre <laughs> pre cell phones yeah. for us at least. Yeah. And I was in my yoga clothes, and it was Bikram <laughs> yoga, so I was just drenched. <laughs> and uh, I knock on his door at like eleven, and I was like, "Look, I know this is weird, but I have to come in." And I was just like, "I get like that, like where I'm just the idea, like I can't sleep, mm-hmm. and the ideas are just pouring, and those." Those times don't always come, so I've learned that like when the muse is, mm-hmm. is speaking to you, like you've got to get it down. You have to share it with people. You have to yeah. take down notes or record ideas or something. So I just start rattling it off the mic, and he and he, I didn't even think of it. He's like, yeah, and then you know, there's like Earth people in the world, and we're like, yeah, like I wasn't really thinking the four elements. It was, I was just thinking, oh, there's these all fit together. There's an air kit, a water. You know, I was just yeah. like thinking that way. Let's see. Two weeks later, we had developed. Ang, Katara, Sokka, Toph, um, as a guy, uh, the Fire Lord, the three-season arc. Wow. Um, the general arc. I yeah. mean, the writers. The big move. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, Aaron Ehaz and the other writers, I mean, over the many years of course. that followed, yeah. helped flesh this out. But, but um, we specifically wanted it to be a continuous storyline mm-hmm. and, and this very specific three seasons where they're moving from... You know, why, you know, like Aang yeah. mastering the elements, that kind of idea was all but in. That, and the I bending. Mean, we came up yeah. with that whole concept. We, we fleshed it out does that in two from, weeks. Though? When, like, these don't naturally lead to each other. And they I, did I, for us. I, yeah. I, don't know. I mean, I think once we had these, these idea of these nation mm-hmm. that, that were based on the elements. Controlling I don't remember, them. Yeah, I mean, Brian was watching, like, a ton of kung fu movies yeah. at the time. And I think, too, the, the directive of having the... We, it was basically like action without violence, where it's yeah. like oh, no so punching, smart. no you know, no yeah. people punching each other in the face. Like Nickelodeon, we knew like that's just not going to fly there, especially not in two thousand two. Yeah. Now they have turtles, so there's more of it. Yeah. That's so smart, though. So then it was yeah, this idea of like mm-hmm. having more martial arts based things where they're manipulating their native element, mm-hmm. which then gives them some distance between each other. It becomes more magical. It's not as Imitative, yeah. you know, yeah. for kids and stuff. Yeah. Or imitative, what's the word? Imitable. Now? Imitable. imitable. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> that's a big one over there. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's funny because they always say um, imitatable, and I, I was like, I don't think that's a word, <laughs> and I, I like looked it up, and so I'm always like imitable. So um, Siri, please tell yeah. Nickelodeon and Disney. <laughs> but I say a lot of words that aren't words. So I shouldn't really judge. Yeah, but you're making a living from it. <laughs> yeah. So um, like, yeah, I did want to ask. Let me yeah. just interrupt there. 
because uh, as you're developing this thing, there really weren't other serialized no. animated action epics. Not on, shows. not like, on American TV. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah, really no think, real model for this on American TV. Yeah, I think probably Cowboy Bebop in that respect was one of the biggest yeah. inspirations. Mm-hmm. I think that was around the time I was really into 24. It was like <laughs> it was like that had just started. It was probably out for a couple years maybe at that point. Um but I don't think Lost had started yet. No, no. Mm-hmm. Lost started when we were in production yeah, on we, season one. Right, yeah. yeah. So it was definitely new at the time, and especially for kids. And I would imagine, TV. you know, that's why the two and a half hour pitch is, yeah. you know we, know, we know what we're doing. We're telling a story. A, any other, no other executive would have taken a two, <laughs> right. two and a half hour pitch, but Eric Coleman is, <laughs> is he a rare, cool. he's a rare bird. And, um, and the best thing you can have in a pitch is, and I have to stress genuine enthusiasm, not just schmackty like <laughs> I'm going to sell you an idea. You know, you're not just putting lipstick on the pig. Like <laughs> if you are genuine, genuinely excited about it, and, and you're meeting with a good development exec, they'll 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 feel it. For um, sure. The other thing is, as awesome as people like Eric Coleman are, they're typically not artists. Mm-hmm. So a, any artwork that you can have, and it doesn't need to be slick, nor does it even does it. It doesn't even need to really pertain exactly to the story i had like drawings that we really never even like right but it just kind of gave a feel to what a feel of the mm-hmm. world of the world sure. and, and stuff and the yeah tone, anything especially for an animated show where it's going to be very yeah. visual um but more and more but I even mean, on live everything. action stuff yeah. like you you could go in with with reference images yeah just you inspiration could, of like what i want the show to feel like you yeah. know like, because that stuff will tell you so much about the tone yeah. you know and and um so yeah i Amidst, like, I wasn't working at the time because Zim had been canceled, and I decided I was just going to focus on this project with Mike. Mike was still directing, but he would come over, like, at night or on the weekends, and we just had two weekends. And actually, one of them, I was out of town. It's, I don't, <laughs> I don't when know. When I think I back, don't I don't know how we got all <laughs> I don't know either. So, Well, there is something to just, like, you have that momentum, and yeah. you have that deadline. And totally. Like, Let's do it. Let's make it. And sometimes those initial... I mean, I've had to kind of relearn this over and over where it's like that initial inspiration is usually the best one, you know, even when we're pitching out episodes or whatever, where it's like, what was that initial idea that Mm -hmm. got us excited about this in the first place? Let's relook at that because we've gotten off track somewhere. You can work it to death. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, you can get off track. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and the the bending thing was um, – we've written about this and talked about it a lot, Mm -hmm. but um, we – I should point out we we both loved and still do love uh Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter like we thought those were were cool and you know both read the books and and saw the movies and stuff I don't even I don't think there were the movies back then or maybe the first the one first one had come out first one had come out but you know there's always things especially cuz like we're adults looking at it and we're like creative people looking at it so it's like well what are my notes you know like yeah, yeah I always have notes after <laughs> a movie sure. you know or a TV show so it was like I was like, well, I don't get the magic. Like, I don't quite understand, A, where does it come from? What's the source of it? B, what are its limitations? And what makes one magician in the Harry Potter world better than another? Hmm. They say the same word. Is it just the wand? So is it like your firepower? Or is it how quickly you point or say the word? So they never... What are the mechanics of it? Yeah, the mechanics of it. That's interesting. And... um. It's fine for JK. Like, it totally yeah, works for her it, world. Clearly but, it works. <laughs> yeah. and But, like, it, you know, these things would bug me when I'd see, like, Lord of the Rings. Like, like wait, 
this guy's on the other side of the world and he just got the mountain to fall down on them. Like, <laughs> if he can do that, what, why are we? Why do we even have a movie? Like, it seems you know there weren't enough limitations. I yeah. to me, limitations are good. They they allow things to happen without you going. Wait a minute. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean we don't have our own little loop. You know, like sure. like holes and and problems. But we tried to confine it, and we we just wanted it to be more physical. Mm-hmm. We wanted our the magic in this world to be physical and based on nature you know mm-hmm. and like even if a bender is really good really strong there's a limit to how much he or she can do mm-hmm. in a row or there is and there's like always it was all we always had these rules that we would like pass out to the crew like it had to come from them hmm. it couldn't they couldn't just make the mountain on the other side of the world right. fall down like an earthbender couldn't just think about it <laughs> and a mountain over a couple miles away would just fall down if he or she could like send a shockwave towards it, you know, they might have like <laughs> something like that. So, anyways, that's where it came. The idea came from. But yeah, we had I had three color illustrations I'd stayed up all night doing that because Eric said, and this was when I met with him before, just to get his like input. He said, um, he's like, I want action, I want adventure, I want magic. <laughs> and so I did an illustration, one nice. that was about the action, <laughs> one that was about adventure, and one that was about the magic. And then I just had like 40 loose-leaf drawings, just black and white drawings, that just wow. that just kind of helped give you a sense of the world and yeah. the creatures and the people and the tone. That's wild. So, so after that, I mean, how quickly did he jump on it? And then after that, what was the it, development it, process pretty like? Pretty in the meeting. Quickly. I mean, for, I would imagine. for other shows we've heard about, yeah, it <laughs> happened pretty quickly. I mean, he, he was like, I love this. Yeah. I gotta, he basically stopped Brian at a certain point. He, he, he's like, okay, I'm full. I've, he, I've Jerry, he Jerry Maguire me. Then, he goes, he goes, stop. <laughs> he goes, you had me at the first drawing, which was two and a half hours yeah. earlier. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, there was a little, there was a short period where we were still kind of developing some ideas with him before they like mm-hmm. officially picked it up for like a sure. uh, pilot. I think he was kind of he was sort of courting us to see like how he responded to notes. Yeah, yeah, and through and during that period and the development period. Development period. That's when like Zuko mm-hmm. was created. Yeah, and oh, came out of that. To, to came so out of a note yeah. from. Eric, yeah, yeah. He actually. was like we had this like the big bad Fire Lord guy, but he was very in our minds wasn't a very specific character yet. And he was like, well, that's cool, but if you're going to sustain this thing, like, what's the like, what's the constant threat that's happening? Who's on the ground? Kids week after week, like, mm-hmm. what's you know? Um, that's cool. And yeah, so Zuko came out of that kind of note. Um. Then there was, there was something about him. I forget exactly how it. He said, "All right." So he goes, wow. "Not that, oh, right. it, not that our Nickelodeon executive was advocating us having a skinhead <laughs> in the show. I want to be clear about that." But Eric said, "You know how skinheads are scary, <laughs> but." When you see a 13-year-old skinhead, it's somehow scarier. Oh, my God. So that's what he said. And I just said, can he have a scar? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I, think, I said, can awesome. he have a facial scar? <laughs> this was on a three-way phone call. Mike was at his like office. I was at home. Oh Eric was God. at Nick. And I just said, can he have a scar? <laughs> and then, like, Drew Zuko. And so his initial mostly shaved head was not meant to make him a skinhead. But it was yeah. just, like, the visual of just that intensity. When yeah. you do see, like, I mean... We made it, I think he was 16, but it was that idea of like, and I knew exactly what Eric was talking about because I had done, uh, I'd played paintball up in the high desert 
in like Palmdale or something. Uh-huh. Oh, I've been there. I and, know that place. <laughs> and I was pretty scared by the regulars there, and it was the kids. Yeah. It wasn't the – it was like they were all wearing camo, but it was these like 12-year-old kids – even though it was just a paintball gun, I was kind of like, well, there's yeah. a look in these people's <laughs> eyes that's freaking me out. So when Eric said that, I actually thought of that. Really and then I was just like. Yeah, and I think it's something scar. at the time we weren't conscious of it, but now we're much more conscious of it. Where it's like once you figure out who the antagonist, villain, mm-hmm. bad guy is and what their motivation is, then everything fell into place or falls into place for mm-hmm. us story-wise. Like. Like with Korra, it was wasn't until we figured out who Amon was and what yeah. his deal was that we had like a story. And did that come late in the process? No, it was pretty early. I but, mean, it, but com- it wasn't initial. Yeah, it's usually not the first thing right. we yeah. have. It's usually like we have the the characters, the, the, the scenario, what's going on, but nothing's happened yet. Like mm-hmm. like we got a cool setup. Kind yeah, of we thing. love Mike and I love like we love world building. Mm-hmm. Like we we love just yeah, and then you could have this in the world like coming up with the pro bending thing. These are. Th- things they're not right ver- they're not verbs you know they're now certainly like, are not episodes yeah and so and um we had by that point developed this idea of like it was like the opposite of ang it was basically cora's like template was what is the opposite of ang you know well, and, yeah. i was curious about that because you're given this opportunity coming off of yeah. avatar and clearly you don't want to retread the same material we didn't so, like, how how did you start to turn it? Was the was it just to say what is the opposite of this? Kind we, of, yeah. Sorry, um, no, you're fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had we had ended uh, Avatar in 2008. I think the last episodes aired and we were done. Um, and we had a year year and a half of not knowing what was next. Like we were just working on our own and doing hmm. some specs. Uh, feature oh, scripts. And so, stuff. The, so talk of another series hadn't even. No, I mean we had some ideas of stuff that could happen, but basically at the time Nickelodeon wasn't. They weren't really pushing for it. So. We were also <laughs> exhausted. Yeah, and I'm we sure. were fine. We wanted like, to we'll step take a break. Away. Right. Yeah. But the series um, did. Avatar did really. It well did for great. Right? Yeah, yeah, we we figured like still does well. Probably, you know, they're they're gonna want something at some point. And, uh, <laughs> they did and, come. They did come knocking like maybe six months after we finished, right, and we right. were like. We're like, how serious are you, really? And yeah. they're like, we're not sure. <laughs> so we're like, all right, well, you just let us know. Yeah. Because we, you know, we were, we're, we had kind of gone through this like back and forth, like, hey, you like this idea? And we had like, pitched mm. them. We had pitched them something else that yeah. they they just sat on. Was yeah. it a a spinoff or was it? It was related. Yeah. Original thing. It okay. was related, and um, they just sat on it, and we just said, you know what, we're taking it off the table, and we're <laughs> we're gonna go do our own thing for a while. So. Because it worked cause, out for the best. Cause, oh, totally. Like, sure. Yeah, we had time to to kind of hone our writing skills even more together, and then um, yeah, when they when they came back, they basically greenlit a miniseries, the twelve episodes, mm-hmm. and uh, it said you, you're good to go. Just as long as it's got bending and it's in the Avatar world, <laughs> we're they cool said, with it. You don't have to pitch. Yeah, they greenlit it before we even crazy. met about it. Before we even knew about it, we got brunch with two of the execs, and they were like. So, uh, the network's greenlit 12 episodes for you. And this was in the midst of the 2009 economic disaster. Nothing was happening. No, we were meeting with movie studios and they were like, we love you guys. We don't have any money, (laughs) you know? And, and like, like I remember reading like Brad Pitt can't get movie funded (laughs) and like, you know, Mark Wahlberg lost funding to the fighter. And I just read the script and I was like, 
Mark Wahlberg can't get a movie fund like a gritty like right. you know live action movie funded. What? So yeah, they oh turned God. around and said we've greenlit this miniseries for you. Did you guys know what the, what it was going to be at this point? Uh, not, no, at that not, point. not at that. They were just like we were, it we was. It was very available. similar to the original Avatar idea, where it's like, okay, here's your here's your assignment, and yeah, then we went right. off for uh, a few weeks oh and uh, came up with yeah, you know, basically that thing where it's like, okay, we don't we're not going to do the same right. type of character. We don't want to do the like Avatar learning to master the elements again because we kind of already did right. that. So like, what if it's you know, an avatar who's already awesome, already <laughs> kind of is at the point of like technical mastery of, of the elements and and is a girl and a little little bit, you know, age it up a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and she wants to be the avatar. Yeah. Unlike Aang, who was the reluctant hero, yeah. wanted the go getter, the, you know, the bull in the china shop, like pugnacious. And uh, and so we set that up. And so here's someone who's she's like the the X Games. You know, like she was meant yeah, to be that, like, cool. like a, a snowboarder teenager. Yeah. You know, who's like really good and into it and not scared. And then we were kind of like, okay. But then <laughs> Mike had the idea, like, what if there was a bad guy who can take bending away? Which is like the per to us, it was the perfect foil for her because if that's what she's all about, right. and then if you can have someone take that away, that's cool. Yeah, because early on, I was a little worried because we were like, it's hard to tell stories with people who are already like yeah i want to do the thing right. <laughs> that i'm traditionally well, there's you know, no resistance to, yeah. there's no conflict um but yeah once again once we had like yeah. that bad guy in place it kind of it made a lot more sense and then we we kind of switched it up where it was like the adult people like tenzin and Beifong mm-hmm. who were like kind of the resistance against her not wanting to you know like yeah. oh you're not ready yet like she wants to do this thing but there's all Which these cool. people like yeah. kind of standing in her way why uh, i I've been at uh, comic conventions with Janet Varney, who yeah. voices Cora, <laughs> uh, and people go nuts. Yeah, we for, just, why, why do you think people have attached to this character? We, yeah, we just got back from Comic-Con a couple weeks ago, oh, yeah. and it's always, every year it's bigger, and it, just the, the love from the fans gets more intense <laughs> every yeah. year. So <laughs> it's funny, that there is a, you know, there are people who are, so attached to the original series and and it's funny because like when they confront us or they write us like critical things you know like i'll send a little fan letter or (laughs) or like um what's funny is mike and i were like look we remember when we were making avatar the thing is when you do animation you're always so far ahead of what people have seen so we're already we are we're working on the like the finale like we, we, Mm -hmm. everything's written and we're just doing post on like the end of this series but people are haven't even seen the book three finale and um they're mad at us about stuff that like we've like like tied up and later you know like we've dealt so with funny. stuff like way of course so because animation just takes forever yeah. but mike and i remember during avatar how like people be like like you know like i don't like this and ah, and like kind of whining about every little thing in the show and really mad about how a season finale would end and i can't believe you put the characters through that and now that years have been removed you know, we're a couple years removed, I should say. We didn't remove years. Right. Uh, we are, you know, a couple years we'll removed. Yeah, <laughs> from that. From that, um, the feedback we get now about Avatar is like it's perfect. Right. There was nothing. Right. It's so perfect, and every moment of it is perfect. I don't think every moment. I I have tons of problems with throughout the series, but I love it and I'm proud of it. But like, um, 
And then with Cora, they're nitpicking every little thing and this and that. And and there's a lot of comparing of Cora to not just the shows, but comparing the character of mm-hmm. Cora to Aang. And Aang was such a sweet, gentle soul, and Cora <laughs> is this. She's awful, and I'm just like the funny thing is I relate to Cora way more as a per- like for my personality. I think Mike is more Ang like, so I'm just like, so you're saying you don't like me? You like Mike better? That's cool. I'm taking this very personally. I kind of like Mike better too. That's fine, but um, but yeah, it's just this, I think it's partly that immersive world thing that whether it's Star sure. Wars or Harry Potter or whatever those things like people just enjoy entering a, this kind of like fantasy world where you do have these cool powers and i love seeing all the cosplay that that people come mm-hmm. up with and playing the characters but also i mean we get so many nice like i mean we get the annoying comments too but, <laughs> but, but we get but we, if you're online yeah, yeah. at all but we get do plenty you exist? i try i <laughs> do i've time. been trying to focus on the good stuff and there's yeah. so many great like whether it's in person or online of like people who genuinely are like this series or like whether it's avatar or Korra, like changed my life like mm-hmm. i was a shy person and then i met all these people through avatar and now i have all these friends and i do, awesome. I do martial like, arts now and yeah, it's like giving so me confidence cool. like it helped me through i mean not to like I, I don't divulge people's like personal stuff but the stuff they will tell us i mean yeah. really serious yeah. stuff and it's like you kind of do the the like fuzzy math like hey one of those is worth you know trump's yeah. trump's oh, 50 snarky comments absolutely. or more or whatever and and um and the other funny thing is like it's not i don't say this in like a defensive way but it's like i think we were i was at new york comic-con and i was like look if you don't if you don't like the show i just turned around and like there's this whole floor i was like watch something else. <laughs> you know there there's so many like. books video games but there, movies, I, it's funny because there's shows. an investment too, right? Like, I'm sure they would love to turn away and watch something else, but they also can't help but and watch also, this thing. It's so different when people are actually there in person too. Like, because people we oh. know have said some things online. Like, when they come into the line at Comic Con and see us for real, then they're just like, "Oh, hello, thank you." Okay. <laughs> like, they, oh, like they don't absolutely. say anything. You no, know, people so. are generally much nicer yeah. in person, yeah. and, and yeah. so. So funny. I think a lot of it too is just like, yeah, just. People talk. It's also it's also like, I I mean, I don't know of a perfect movie or like TV show. (laughs) Even my favorite shows or movies, like I've got notes. You know, I have things, and and the other thing is, not everything is made for everybody. That's a very important lesson for people to learn. It's like, look, or or I'll see people's like, you know, they'll write something kind of snarky, and then. I'll see their blog and what they like, and I'm like, oh, man, I think that movie is garbage, you know? And I'm just like, but that's okay. Like, I'm not picking on them for liking it. It's just like, obviously, you and I don't really have a lot of overlap, so it's fine. But um, but I feel like... It's fine. It's totally... I I mean, you're going to get it. And and when a show is like literally millions of people around the world are watching it, you're going to get a certain statistical breakdown of reactions. Oh, of course. I, yeah. I, and what I was really asking is, like, I feel like Korra specifically, the character has been, like, held up as this really positive role model, yeah. which is so fascinating to me. I mean, because she is, she can be a brat. Like, she's a complicated sure. character. Yeah. Uh, and to have her be, like, this very positive model to especially young young yeah. people like no we all eight, I mean, nine ten yeah it's really cool yeah. to see i mean we always had you know on the original series strong <laughs> female characters like katara and toph um that you know we always mm-hmm. had kind of a split of 50 percent boys and girls mm-hmm. watching um 
Well, I feel like and, something you guys did well, and let me just interject yeah, yeah. here, in, in both series, is, like, your characters are never just one thing. Right. You know, totally. these are all interesting, complicated They're meant to characters. be flawed, yeah. Yeah. like humans. <laughs> yeah, and, and certainly with Korra, like, yeah, we didn't want her to be perfect or, mm-hmm. or have everything figured out. I mean, that was the thing. She was yeah. awesome at this one skill or this set of skills, but still had a lot of growing up to do and a lot of figure. you know, she's basically a girl who was like secluded away for most of her life in the South pole. Didn't really have any friends or close friends and was set off into the world to like, not only like save the world, but then like have these relationships. Yeah. Discover with, the world. With, yeah. With, with uh, people her age and, and stuff. So yeah, you're bound to make some stupid decisions <laughs> and not say the right thing yeah. all the time. And, and uh, but yeah, I, I think once people see kind of the full mm-hmm. uh, series arc that she goes through, like it, it, she, you know, she comes to a nice place. Yeah. Yeah, plus, I always think back again at New York Comic Con. I was getting like, like just it was at a point early in season two where Cora was she was kind of going off the rails, and I know I remember Mike and the writers really wanted like she's gonna this civil war. She's gonna take it very personally, and, and she's gonna kind of it's gonna cloud her judgment and and. She's gonna not be making good. She's not making good decisions, and um, <laughs> like people really didn't like it. And yeah. and I remember being inter- interviewed in New York, and they were like, um, "People hate Cora, so <laughs> why did you do it?" Or something, you know, like people right. hate what you've done with Cora. So and I was like, "Wow!" I'm like, Ang was like going on a rampage in the middle of the desert, like beating people up because someone took his bison. You know, like we took. We take a lot of our characters to, you know, right. um, Aaron Ehas had this, you know, we, we all knew Zuko was eventually going to be good from the get-go. I mean, from the moment Mike and I created him, we pretty much <laughs> were like, we liked this idea that he was he was going to have this big, long arc and eventually be good. And um, and we sort of knew where it was going to happen, but Eric uh, Aaron Ehas had this brilliant thing. He was like, everybody knows he's going to go good. He should go worse first. Nice. And, and not just to troll people yeah. or whatever but it's it's a good character arc yeah and, it's a more interesting choice and it, it it i love seeing the scenes of him after that where he's realizing the weight of like oh why did i do that you know because and anyone who like picks on that stuff i mean it doesn't mean we always did it the best it could be done i mean that that's certainly up for debate but like i just think that uh like this i don't know I, I already made yeah i mean point. i think we like with the character stuff like when I'm writing the show, I I don't watch a lot of animation, honestly, other mm-hmm. than the few series we really liked or, you know, occasional Pixar movie that's really good. Like, in my mind, these are, like, real characters. So I'm, like, writing them, like, or when we're coming up with new characters, like, mm-hmm. as if you were working on, you know, Game Board, of Thrones. Boardwalk Empire. Or like, yeah. with slightly less curse words and, <laughs> and stuff, but, uh, and less nudity. But, um, you know, like, that's just how we kind of see these people, so... You know, we we do try to push it as far as we can with like character flaws and and yeah. you know just Re- make like them seem real and yeah. relatable and relationship know. problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it yeah. seems like you're given that kind of leeway. To, like you're not getting the note she can't do anything wrong. Or, no, honestly, no, no. yeah, I mean that's the the <clears throat> the blessing in of Nickelodeon in a way is like <laughs> they so kind of it is so different for them in a way that they mm-hmm. have just sort of left us alone to yeah. do our thing and we'll get you know we get occasional note here and there but like for the most part it's totally the show i mean i would say 
five percent yeah. the show we intended course, to make. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, there are studios uh, where they have a mandate studio wide. Our our heroes, if, even if they have to, by the end of the episode, even if they made a mistake, they have to be back on track mm-hmm. and do everything right by the end. And uh, Mike and I just look at each other like, uh, we couldn't write you a five minute episode like that. You know, like we're just not like, yeah. that's, that's not what we're interested in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we didn't talk at all about, uh, your writers. Do you, do you guys write all the episodes? Do you have a staff? How does it work? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been a mix over the years on the original series. Aaron Ehaz was our head writer. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, at the time we, we didn't have any experience running a room or, or, that side of things on the writing staff and he we had met him on mission hill he was a writer on there and he had worked on futurama i think at the time Mm -hmm. and a couple other shows so he came in as our head writer and i worked closely with him i I was more in the writer's room brian was doing the art direction so we don't we split up some duties but you know oversaw a lot of stuff together as well and And, uh, aaron brought a lot of like the process like the like i said the room kind of like a really good like this whole note card process and yeah yeah pitching out a story together um as a group and and then each writer would take that episode Mm -hmm. and but it was a small i mean then it was fairly small i think by the end we had like three staff writers plus me plus like a I did like a writing fellow right. at the time. And plus Aaron. Yeah. And then plus Aaron, yeah. That's but a, then when Cora came system. around, um, <clears throat> you know, we really wanted to kind of re well, it was after the the catastrophe. The, the movie that shall not be named. <laughs> uh and so we were kind of in a place where we were just like, you know what? We we're, we're gonna do this ourselves. Like we had you know, we had and and at the time it was like, here's twelve episodes. You know, we had written a few spec yeah. scripts. We were like, you know, we can do this. We can write 12 episodes. We have the one of, story the headway. Yeah, it feels reasonable. Um, so, yeah, that the first season of Cora was just me and Brian mm-hmm. and our writer's assistant taking notes. Basically, that was the room. Yeah. It was just, just three of us. Just, what was let me, then, let me yeah. since you brought it up. Sure. I had actually, I had <laughs> forgotten about it. I it's assume better it's okay. It's had. better. Yeah. <laughs> I assume you guys had nothing to do with the movie. We had nothing to do. Well, we were, I mean, we were dragged. We were, yeah. <laughs> Through, it's a long, <laughs> horrible story. That there's no short version of the story. Uh-huh. But and, I, I and think... like I've seen memes of me as a Dai Li agent from Avatar <laughs> with the the hypnotizing jet, and it says there was no movie. So I don't know. And it's like because we don't like to talk about it for a lot of reasons. Uh-huh. Man, I didn't like talking about it during it because here's the thing: people never get the answer they want to get. During the movie, during, while it was being made, people, like, wanted to be excited, like, wanted us to be excited. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you're getting a movie made. And I'm like, well, it's kind of complicated, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going well. And then, like, once I would get into it, they would just look at me at the <laughs> end with this just, like, hor- this look on their face as if I had said, like, I don't know. I ate a couple babies this morning. <laughs> I was thinking about kidnapping a few more from the hospital and eating some more. And they would just look at me like, like... How dare you have a movie made of your thing and not be just totally happy about it? Mm. At the same time, we were trying to be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like holding on to a shred of hope and ha- like, like who knows? Like you never know, you know. Like maybe this could end up being halfway okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. and they're asking for our input, so we'll try to help. That was our stance from the get go. Sure. A, we didn't want it to be done at all before anyone was attached. We didn't really? want. And then B, if it was going to be done, we wanted to do it, but they weren't going to let us. 
C, when they attached Knight, we just thought, well, this is what we've been dealt. Let's we'll just be, we'll offer help when it's asked of us, and if it's not, right. we'll hope stay out. Of, we'll, stay, <laughs> we'll stay out of the way. And in the beginning, it was more positive, and we offered help, but then, mm-hmm. and then it, we had a big falling out, and whatever. It's it's a long. I mean, I would need like two <gasps> weeks to tell yeah. you this story. You and in the end, what do you get? A completely the, – the only thing that can be said, it was a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a wasted opportunity. I mean, I mean wasted, like money yeah. wasted, time People's wasted. Time, Pe- people, uh, it's sure. just – it wasted the potential for our our project. Yeah, It was just a, a waste. And out of that, I still learned a lot and I still met well, a lot of Well, that's cool the thing. People. We met – in in some ways it was a it was a good experience in that we met all these uh, great producers and sure. and and you know people at ILM and all yeah. these awesome yeah, and talented people um, and our agent we met through that yeah, you know like life. so like there were good things that came of it but ultimately the movie was not one of them yeah <laughs> and it was it was a, a negative experience I mean actually like it was not fun and well, yeah. and it wasn't fun you know these. On one and in one level, like I'm not defined like in a way, like I'm not defined by like I'm proud of the stuff we made, but it doesn't mm-hmm. encompass my entire life and my Absolutely. being. On the other hand, it there are they are our children. Like these characters are real to us, and to watch it be dragged through the mud and yeah. and the the whole racial side of things was just right. so disheartening. Yeah. And um and our fans spoke up so loudly yeah. that we just kind of sat back yeah. and and it, you know i look back and i'm like well should we have done this differently or that differently but it was almost like we gathered an army that screamed <laughs> at you know yeah. this guy and <clears throat> it, it's heartbreaking but at the end of the day it's not the first time it, it had ever happened that a project was horribly adapted <laughs> in hollywood it's not the last time it's going to happen it might even happen to us again. You know, you, we never know. Sure. But, like, I'll definitely approach it differently the second time. But by the end, we – so when you say, did we have any involved, we gave, like, input that went nowhere. Yeah. Sure. So it's <laughs> well, like we were involved, but our involvement had no effect. Right. So we could say we had no – Involvement, but then you know, someone might be right. like, "Well, I heard you right. did this," and no one turned their backs. <laughs> I, with the first signing, I think we did for Cora. This one guy <laughs> confronted me in the line, and he's like, "But you were an executive producer," <laughs> and I was funny. like, "That, that I said, do you so know what things. that yeah. means? <laughs> executive producer can mean everything. Like someone who executive <laughs> produces something might have done right. so much." It can mean nothing. You might never have even been on yeah. set or yeah. seen a cut. Yeah, it means I got a paycheck probably. Yeah. yeah, and it really, I'm like, our lawyer like argued for us to get <laughs> yeah. like we. I don't. Well, in hindsight, I'm like, I didn't even want. It's that, a weird you know? thing to have your name on it and yeah. like the the for ownership sure. of sure. the create the creative of it. And yeah. yeah, it's a complicated, yeah. weird, and features it is, are a whole other thing. And, yeah, there was the, there was this like that that kind of stamp of like, hey, we want people to know. Because, like, Knight put his name above it as yeah, if he yeah. and But then at the end of the day, you're like, wait, why didn't we just let him do it? You know, like, I don't want <laughs> to be is associated his. That's with all that. That's you know, um, But, yeah, it God. definitely, I think that experience gave us a little extra, like, motivation to to write mm-hmm. Cora ourselves and just say, sure. like, you know what? This, we got to 
we're going to do this right this yeah. time, you know? And, and so we did that. We did the first season together. And then when, when we did get picked up for a second season, um, you know, the, the art direction was in full swing. So Brian was pretty slammed with all that stuff. Yeah. I can't have my cake and eat it too. <laughs> I love, like, I love writing. I love it. I love writing with Mike. Mm-hmm. And then, but I, I, I have to have my hands in the art direction. And yeah. So we knew that. we needed some, some help. Sure. Uh, with writing, but we just we went back to Tim Hedrick and Josh Hamilton, who had written on the original mm-hmm. series. They're two of my favorite writers, and just and they're great. like a team. They're like yeah, us. They're like a writing. Yeah, team. and they're just e- really easy to get along with. Um, and I wanted to keep it small, like even smaller than the old series. Mm-hmm. And and I wanted to be the you know running the room and and stuff because I felt by that point that's great. We had enough it experience, years, and yeah, yeah, and I I had a I knew what I was doing at, for the most <laughs> part at this point. Um, so we, yeah, we had them, they, they agreed to come on for season two and, uh, yeah, but like kind of like in the beginning of season, it's, it's usually the four of us, like Brian's always there mm-hmm. just kind of getting the general, like what's going to happen this season type right. discussions. Yep. Um, and then usually, you know, once, once we're all kind of in agreement on that, then, then the writers and I will kind of start breaking down the stories and figuring out like mm-hmm. episode by episode what's going to happen and then we just kind of would do a rotation pretty much where where i'd write one then tim then josh then right. yeah but a when, lot of it's done in the room with the group and then yeah. i give notes on yeah the premises the right. outlines every draft and and as does mike and yeah. the exact- what do you guys have to submit to nick do you do submit outlines premises, premises. Submit premises outline <clears throat> and the uh and for people who don't Script, know, how yeah. a premise is what to to Nick and to you guys? Uh, ours I mean, started getting really yeah, long. Yeah, ours are kind yeah, of like mini happens. outlines, basically. Like it's probably about three pages or so. Because yeah. um, it's after we've really hashed out the story ourselves. Right. Like, and usually we'll do a, a draft or two internally as well. Really? Where we're like, yeah. we've talked a bunch. Premise, you know, yeah. where, we, where you've talked or enough the in the script. room that you're, wow. you've reached a point where you're like, all right, just go work on it. And like... <laughs> put all these pieces that we've talked yeah, about yeah. together they come back with a, a premise and i'll read it or brian will sure. read it and we'll kind of get feedback there they'll they'll work on it a little bit more and then we'll submit it to the network mm-hmm. for notes um and then yeah after that then we do the like official pitch out which is like you know breaking it right. down into the three acts and putting the note cards on the board and breaking right. out each scene and pitching jokes and ideas and stuff like that um and then you submit and, that outline. And then, yeah, then the writer And that's, will, what, like 10 pages? Yeah, yeah usually, usually 10, 10, 12. Yeah. And then that gets submitted to the network. We'll get a few notes probably. And then um, and then pretty much they just take it off to script. And they have... But we by would, the end, it was about three weeks for this. They'd write the script, two and a half, three oh, weeks. That's right. Yeah. But if you've done, like in my experience, when yeah. Mike and I wrote... And then yeah. the, I, I still... Um, like the ones we co-written on Avatar, but more so on, on Core. Like, if you've done the legwork in the outline, yeah. the script goes so much faster. Oh, sure. I mean, it, you know, if you really haven't hashed it out at the outline stage, when you sit down to do the script, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this made sense, but it doesn't make sense. And, like, uh, so that that was handy. But, yeah, the, the Mike and the writers would do, um, they would do a draft, um, internally like of the mm-hmm. script that we i would give notes on and mike and the we, like yeah that's not the other writers give notes on yeah. you know like we all would give notes yeah. for each other and then then they would do the draft that we would turn into the network yeah um, how long do your scripts tend to be 
it would vary, but usually between 22 to 27 pages. Mm-hmm. It basically depends on how much action yeah. is in an episode. We kind of realized over the years. Um, the the action-heavy ones are usually shorter. Yeah, it? like but. a finale episode will literally be like 20 pages, <laughs> 21 pages yeah. maybe. That's um, crazy. Just because so yeah. – you know, you might – have a description of what the action is it takes up a quarter of a page right. and that yep. turns into like two minutes of but yeah. I, yeah but i would imagine know, too time. as you're like coming towards the end of a season yeah they're just kind of big scenes totally happening yeah, totally. so that's yeah. neat it must yeah. be fast yeah. to write i just want to point out katie matilla also wrote on cora she's uh, yeah. our writer's assistant for the we had nice. three right three writer's assistants justin sean and yeah. katie and then um she's also a writer so she was she would Jumped in on a couple of scripts. That's great. It's yeah. good to have that that team. Yeah, yeah. really cool. But yeah, it was really small, and she was from Avatar too. She, okay. she worked on Avatar. Yeah, I like that size. I mean, you know, it just depends on the show. Like, of course, how and what your production schedules like. Um, you know, we made it work without too much strain on the writers. Oh, um, you, you guys, it, Mike's department always put mine to shame because I'm <laughs> running the art department and. Always behind, and Mike's like, I feel like that's just par for the course. Mike's though. like, uh, well, they have to actually draw the crazy exactly. stuff yeah. we come up with. So that's the thing about writing you can, you can just say like, you know, the the camera pans across a uh, an amazing cityscape, and you're just like, <laughs> you know, it's like, and then you have Xiao Fu. It's like, it's, how amazing are yeah. we? Yeah, I always say Xiao Fu. Could it be less amazing? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so we're the finale drops this week. Uh, uh, next week. Yeah. Well, the, this will come out. Or, on okay. Tuesday, yeah. So yes. uh, August twenty second. This Friday. Yeah. Um, on Nickelodeon's website. Uh, is that what question. it is? No. Uh, yeah. It's it, it does air on uh, air. I say, but it's yeah. It's not on the <laughs> it television anymore. It uh, the show is not canceled. Uh, but yeah, it's on Nick dot com. It's on Amazon. It's on like. Hulu. Hulu. Okay, so it's available. Hulu is a couple weeks behind, and then like Xbox and Google. Oh, that's great. A couple other places. Google. Um, Can we talk about this for just a second? Because I'm sure you guys have been asked about it. Look, if we talked about the movie, (laughs) oh, yeah, you can talk about anything. You're getting all the good stuff. I'll show you my birthmark. (laughs) Um, So they've taken original episodes off of the network. Yes. This is a successful show. Yes. how, when were you, when were you guys told this, and what kind of reasons were you given? Uh, we were told about three hours before. Well, actually, we probably found out after some other people found out because, yeah. like, it was there was this leak <clears throat> online about it. About, this was like right before. San this Diego was literally right yeah. So basically, a week before, or not even a week. Yeah. It was a few days. The like, day before Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was the day before. Yeah, Comic-Con. where yeah. there was a lot of Cora stuff going on. A huge. Oh yeah. No, no, we have a huge video and, game that's yeah, coming out that no, looks amazing. Crazy. Platinum. Dude, yeah, I mean it's it's again like the movie. It's a long story that, right. <laughs> and even we probably don't even know all the details sure. of, of what goes on up in the upper <laughs> echelons of Nickelodeon. Yeah. But you know, it it didn't. Book three did not get off to a good start because they put it on TV oh, right. with a week's notice with very little in the summer to no yeah. like promotion. Was that in – and I, I may have read this somewhere. I may be making this up. Was that in response to like a leaked – It was thing? not. That, no. That's one thing we haven't cleared up that I wanted to address early, but they were still get looking it <laughs> into it. But um, there yeah. was no – there was no – as far as we know, no correlation between the leaked episodes and them putting uh, it on air. There no. was another factor that – we can't talk it's about not it. really it's in our realm of expertise. So yeah, the um, huge 
but it totally was made. Yeah, yeah. And, and part of it was like there was a window of opportunity uh, programming wise. Like we got to put it on now, otherwise we got to wait till next year. Or so. yeah, I don't know. Right. I just no, want to talk about the leak thing real quick. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because everyone is convinced, and we've seen really like like people breaking this stuff down and like good online journalism and like people having like really astute like. They're they're like looking into this situation and what's mm-hmm. going on with the network and why do they do this and they they're like breaking everything down and the consistent thing everyone thinks it was thrown hastily on air because of the leaks hmm. and even though there are people at Nickelodeon like us and our the execs who are close to the show who get very upset the network doesn't really care <laughs> and it's not that they did not leak it it was stolen sure. it was actually stolen off a server and and we know that because it's crazy. Initially, it was reported that the affiliate in Mexico, they accidentally put it on on mm-hmm. the website. That's what was told to us and blah, blah, blah. But they looked into it, and it was not. Nothing had ever been uploaded. It had been stolen off the server. Oh so God. now that was hugely upsetting to us, very upsetting to a lot of people throughout the company. Like People do care, and people do love this show in, throughout the company in all different departments and stuff. But – that's kind of like a mild annoyance, I think, to the sure. giant. Yeah, it network. doesn't really dictate their programming policy. Yeah, yeah when, you're, when you're thinking about 30, 35 shows and yeah. the, uh, schedules and all of that, I'm sure they weren't happy about it. Right. You know, right. but but I it really did it did not create this situation. Yeah. It was something else. It's not exciting. We can't talk about it. There was a different reason <laughs> if okay. the show was being held up because we were done with book three. It was just waiting. Come and on. then when that didn't work, they were like, oh, let's put it on now. And, mm-hmm. and it was hastily done. And once again, yeah, it was basically a week out from the premiere that we found out. We, you know, yeah. we're like, okay, well, what are we going to do to, like, get the word out? Nothing. Turns out not very much. <laughs> um, One promo. And, yeah, and, I mean, from our, our opinion is that it was, a, it was a bad idea also to not have it. They wanted it. They wanted it to drive people to the network for ratings, mm. so they didn't put it on, on online at all. Right. And Which seems lo and crazy behold, for that show. Yeah, our, our, traditionally, like that's where your audience has totally. to learn. and they know that, and they know that, Real and they've audience. told us that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we it, it aired it ratings. You know, have been the lowest they've been for Cora. Mm. Well, it's let's point out they put it, slot, they put yeah. it <laughs> season one. I'm sorry about this. No, no. Can. Let's let's be clear. I mean, I'll be totally fair and honest. Avatar ran from 2005 to 2008. The TV landscape was very different mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, totally. Um, and we were always a primetime Friday show. Mm-hmm. It was Friday nights, and it did really well. It didn't do SpongeBob numbers, but it did really well. And but we we did bump heads with the network a lot about reruns. They they would never rerun it in order, and we said it's a sequential right. show. You have to rerun it in order, and they're like, you know, your reruns just aren't doing really well. We think it's because it's not a comedy, and we said, no, it's because people, you have to run it in order. For right. years, we, Mike and I said this, and then we ran in, we had left the company, and we ran into this exec in New York, and he was like, he's like, guys, do you realize you have the number one show on Nicktoons, the, 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 the secondary channel? And we're like, oh, no, we didn't hear, and he's like, yeah, they're, uh, they're, uh, we play it in order. <laughs> And uh, it does really well. And he goes, we had tried everything. We had, like, put your fav- a bunch of episodes with a favorite character. What if we put all the earthbending episodes together? And you we're didn't like, try everything. And he goes, he's like, turns out when you play it in order, 
People watch it. Oh and we said, God. yeah, we've been saying that for three years. <laughs> and plus, it had, at that point was doing huge, uh, it was doing really well on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the show honestly got bigger after yeah. it was done. So Mike and I, when we came back, we just kept thinking, well, Friday night, that's our slot. So we were we were wrong. And I, I just want to be clear, like, if we had if they had asked us, we were like, yeah, Friday night. And they said, well, we're going to do Saturday morning. And we thought, I don't know. This doesn't seem like a Saturday morning show. It did really well Saturday morning. But this was three... Four years later, four years later. So we were surprised. Oh, wow. You know, like the network, that that was a good decision because they actually have the data and they've been tracking the network. We don't, we don't, we're not programming people. So we had no idea like what time slots were doing well in front of what shows Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. So lo and behold, it did really well Saturday morning. But then they always move the new shows off after like a season, it seems, from that time so it ended up on friday night and we were like oh friday night and then it did bad friday night is now a, we would look at the numbers and go wow this is really bad yeah. but then we would look and it was doing really well for cable on a friday yeah, night yeah. just those numbers were right. small it was like everything has it was a big fish shrunk. in a very yeah. very very small pond yeah. yeah and at the same time people were watching it more online and yeah sure. and it was on itunes and i mean it, it is the kind of series that makes sense that people would discover online for and sure watch a bunch at a oh, time totally. yeah. and to be clear again there was a decision to kind of hastily put the finale of book two online which mike and i were like what what are you doing yeah. before it was going to air two oh, weeks before and um with 12 hours notice they were like we're going to put the the one hour finale online and again mike and i don't we don't comb over network data and online data and stuff. So we were like, why are they doing this? And millions of people watched it. Mm. It did incredibly well, and it ended up doing better than it did on air. Sure. Um, and they, they said, no, it does. We said, isn't that going to hurt the ratings if everyone's seen it online? They're like, they don't really, those two audiences don't really cross over. So I'm like, okay. And so it did really well. So again, like the Saturday morning thing, they, they knew something we didn't. And, um, but it was just weird for book three. They put it back on Friday night, which had already been right. shown to yeah. not be a good time slot for anything mm-hmm. <laughs> other than, and then well, I perform. guess. Yeah, and combined with lack of awareness, right. <laughs> you know, Summer, it, it, even, it was uh, even yeah, lower yeah. ratings than book two. So, huh. so then, yeah, then we find out, okay, it's getting pulled off and now you can only see it online. So it's very, a lot of mixed messages, a lot right. of flip-flopping. But and, they've, have they put um, all of book three online as well uh like people if they are coming in for the finale they can watch they can watch up to all, all yeah those episodes. up to the the last oh, that's few yeah mm-hmm. um and then by yeah by august 22nd every all of book three will be right available yeah. but that's good as i explained at comic-con like it's this isn't just i mean our show might be i don't know do you know of any other shows that were on air and then got in mid-season, got relegated to digital. I don't. I think that might be his, like that's <laughs> yeah. a, a dubious honor, but uh, I think yeah. We and might we keep be trying. Like when it, the news first came out, it just seemed like they canceled the show, so everyone was freaking right. out. And so we've been trying to like the show. Like yeah, not only is book three going to be finished out, like we're finishing. You know, we're in post production on book four. Well, that's what I was going to ask. So there's so a this whole another pretend anything for book four that is happening. You don't know when it will. We don't know when, when or where, where for that exactly it will come out. But yeah, I mean, we've the writing's done. The, all right. the all the pre production art yeah. is done. We just want closure. We totally. No, we do we too. I mean, the saddest thing would be if it yeah, yeah. had had yeah been actually canceled. But right. yeah, it's just it's a different landscape and different thing and you know we never know 
ultimately maybe this is it'll work out fine. And I always think like, you know, six months, a year, two years down the road when people are watching it, they're not even going to know this happened necessarily. Exactly. Like, yeah. like yeah. hopefully it's just available online in various places Absolutely. and, and DVD, yeah, Blu-ray. And, but it's great that I, I didn't realize it was available on many platforms. Oh yeah. That makes it so easy. Unfortunately not iTunes, but yeah, uh, hopefully that's a whole nother eventually, story. <laughs> hopefully it'll get back to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause the show always did really well on there. Um, incredibly well on there but really yeah so it's funny because there's the whole you know what is it correlation does not imply causation and like (laughs) i see after the the episode that just was released like you know it's just funny memes it was a pretty intense episode and a character dies almost on screen and they're like oh this is why they pulled it off so then all the fans just (laughs) assume this is why they did it and and they're all of course conspiracy theories are abound and (laughs) i'm like Again, I don't think they really care. <laughs> right. I'm not sure it's, they've watched this episode. Yeah. You, can't, you can't guess at these things. I mean, no. even you guys no, who are inside. Oh, totally. We don't know half things. the time what's yeah. going on. Because, yeah. they're yeah, all these people are in New York, so there's no... Um, but but yeah. we just want to stress that, I mean, it book four is book four, and it was the way it was going to be. Great, yeah. And it's all written and done and being animated and and all of this crazy stuff had no in, impact on the content awesome so. do you guys have time or inclination for other projects not uh, during cora yeah. yeah after we're done we we hopefully will yeah sure explore other options and i mean you must have because you've been doing avatar and cora for so many years 12 and, years yeah, yeah you yeah. must have other stories you want to tell outside of this world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we're, we're ready to, to move on to some <laughs> other other worlds. But yeah, I mean, I think we're always interested in, in these kind of mythic storytelling genres and, yeah. and you know, to this world building stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and this this whole Avatar verse, just I always say it's, it has immense gravity. And Mike and I can run, <laughs> you know, we might get away for a little while. Yeah. For a long while, right. but it's seen, yeah, you, well, you never know. Thing, and we right? still we still love the world. Yeah. I'm, you create a rich world. You want yeah, to play in yeah. it. But just like when Avatar finished, like we're tired, and yeah. we're TV animation production is particularly brutal. The overlap is crazy. We the, at one point we were working on thirty episodes at one time, and oh I just God. like it's it's seriously awesome that people want the show to continue forever or they want us to make well who's the next avatar and the next one and the next one right that's a that's a great problem to have but i'm like you don't understand like if you're saying that you're not thinking about what it's taking out of us <laughs> right. you know J.R.R. tolkien didn't write you know 15 trilogies yeah. you know like absolutely <laughs> you know it, it it takes it takes a lot out of us and as you can see the the landscape tv landscape's changing and We've kind of pushed TV action adventure animation about as far yeah. as the budgets and schedules and, and oh for sure you guys are human resources will certainly. allow you know so yeah and whenever you know we do a new project it's always we always want to do better than the last mm-hmm. one so which we did with Cora and now it's like the only we can't really do better than Cora <laughs> you didn't do it Mike Cora is horrible. <laughs> Ang is the best. Well, people know where to find you on Twitter <laughs> to tell you how much they No, know we're both neither. We are not on Twitter. <laughs> not cannot on find Twitter. us there. Yeah. Guys, join it. People can tell you all I, the time. I look at Twitter like and it, it's like I'm looking at like code. I'm like, <laughs> what yeah, is this? Still... How are people disseminating information? I just see like 
a bunch yeah, of hyperlinked hash ads. <laughs> I see enough on fa- I have a Facebook page and then we both have Tumblr pages. That's that's enough for me. <laughs> we get enough feedback that yeah. way. I You've been locked in animation studios <laughs> for too long. You don't know how Twitter I, works. I don't yeah. need a lot of feedback, positive <laughs> or negative. It's great to meet. I mean, we love going to Comic-Con and, and doing signings and stuff. Yeah. It's always awesome meeting fans. We really genuinely, genuinely love that stuff. And, and we get some nice letters and stuff. Yeah. But, like, um, that's a whole other job, honestly. Like, if you're going to really keep up with everyone. I can't. Like, I can't. It's, it's a lot of work. Yeah, but I just, I'm not, I have a hard enough time, like, responding to, like, emails from my family and <laughs> yeah. friends and work emails Seriously, I'm terrible. Like, I'm so overwhelmed with it. Like, the idea of, like, seeking out tons of comments and messages, I just don't have the (laughs) the energy or the stomach for it. TV is destroying you. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It it, it is. It's really hard. People don't appreciate how much. Thank you guys for making the time to be here today. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we finally got to sit down and talk. Thanks for Uh, having us. Cora is great. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. The finale is on this Friday. On all awesome. these yes. all these platforms that you can watch. And go watch all the series, you guys. You're going to love it. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Now leaving Nerdist.com.